Friends, the promised one of God brings good news to the oppressed and binds up the brokenhearted. We are witnesses to the light of Christ. The promised one of God proclaims liberty to captives and release to prisoners. We are witnesses to the light of Christ. The promised one of God comforts all who mourn and gives a mantle of praise instead of a faint spirit. Rejoicing always, praying without ceasing, holding fast to what is good. We are witnesses to the light of Christ. Let us worship God in that light. Friends, the scriptures teach us that all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But the scriptures also teach us that when we confess our sin, God, who is faithful and just, cleanses us of all our unrighteousness. Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace this morning as we pray our prayer of confession. Merciful God, you love justice. Why then do we persist in wrongdoing and every form of evil. You have given us the gift of your spirit. Why then do we quench the spirit among us? You have given us the words of prophets and the word himself. Why then do we despise and ignore what we've heard from you? You have sent the light into the world. Why then have we loved darkness rather than light? Forgive us, restore us, till and tend us in your garden until righteousness and praise spring up. For the sake of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. Friends, in Jesus Christ, the Lord has done great things for us. 
Even if we have gone out in tears, God brings us home shouting for joy. Thanks be to God that we are forgiven. Amen. I'm Nancy Jennings. And I'm Naima Jennings. Welcome to the third week of Advent as we worship together apart. We gather in our homes around the light of Christ to wait for the coming of Jesus. We light candles to warm our hearts with the Holy Spirit and remember your promises. We light this candle in hope. We light this candle in peace. We light this candle in joy. This candle sparks praise in our souls for Christ is with us. We remember these words from the Gospel of Luke. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy. He will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zacharias' home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. With a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believes that the Lord will fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary said, with all heart, I glorify the Lord. In the depths of who I am, I rejoice in God, my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on, everyone will, will consider my highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from our generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. 
He has filled hunger with good things and sent the wrench away empty-handed. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. God of joy, you are the fire of life that makes our spirits leap, always restoring our sorrows to smiles and our despair to delight. Hear our prayers of joy. Magnify our joy so that we may be joy for others in a world that so desperately needs it. Hallelujah, God. Your joy reigns. Amen. Amen. A reading from Luke 1, verses 35 to 55. 
The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come over you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the one who is to be born will be holy and he will be called God's son. Look, even in her old age, your relative Elizabeth has conceived a son. This woman who was labeled unable to conceive is now six months pregnant. Nothing is impossible for God. Then Mary said, I am the Lord's servant. Let it be with me just as you have said. Then the angel left her. Mary got up and hurried to a city in the Judean highlands. She entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth, filled with the Holy Spirit, with a loud voice, she blurted out, God has blessed you above all women, and he has blessed the child you carry. Why do I have this honor that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as I heard you, your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. Happy is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill the promises he made to her. Mary said, With all my heart I glorify God. In the depths of who I am I rejoice in God my Savior. He has looked with favor on the low status of his servant. Look, from now on everyone will consider me highly favored because the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. He shows mercy to everyone from one generation to the next who honors him as God. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered those with arrogant thoughts and proud inclinations. He has pulled the powerful down from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has come to the aid of his servant Israel, remembering his mercy, just as he promised to our ancestors, to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants forever. Our scripture reading today is the scripture that we just heard. It is the infamous song that Mary sings to Elizabeth when she goes to visit her. This is after she's conceived according to the angel's promise. And Elizabeth has just exclaimed, of Mary's blessedness as the mother of God and Mary's blessedness for believing the angel. So here again, Mary's song from Luke 1, verses 46 to 55. My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promises he made to our ancestors, to Abram and to his descendants forever and ever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever been so filled with joy that you spontaneously burst into song?
I can't say that it's happened to me too often, but I can think of a few occasions where I experienced this type of joy. One such occasion was when I was out on a long distance hike. I'd been out for about 15 days and was overwhelmed by the beauty of God's creation. The heavens were surely declaring the glory of God, and I was able to join in their song. Another occasion was the result of a letter I received from a gentleman I'd been working with who was recovering from addiction, telling me that he'd gotten his life back, that he had experienced very real resurrection. This Sunday of joy, we look to the joy of Mary at the impending birth of our Lord. Now we know this story well, the story of Christmas and the joy of Christmas. But I also want to take us back to Mary's time and Mary's circumstance and explore just how meaningful this song really is. So imagine for me that you are a 13-year-old girl and an angel tells you that you're going to become pregnant by the Holy Spirit. How would you feel in that moment? I'm guessing there might be many emotions, but joy? It certainly wouldn't be my first response. I think terror might capture my 13-year-old self pretty well. What would my parents say? My siblings, my friends, my extended family, my religious community? How would I explain this to my betrothed? I'm not ready to be a mom. I'm barely mitzvahed. Still, a child. What am I going to do? Mary would have been well aware of the danger of being found pregnant by someone other than her betrothed. It would mean eternal shame upon her family, a concept that we struggle with in our Western culture. But a shame that would run so deep as to squelch any chance of living in the community. It would mean loss of income loss of safety, loss of ability to live. And for Mary, it would not be outside the realm of possibility that it might just cost her her life. Can you imagine it? And yet Mary accepts the angel's words, believes that God is going to do just as God has promised and that God will take care of her. The talk of the town surely would be that Mary had been promiscuous, that she was no longer pure. By God's providence, Joseph believes the message of the angel too. And for her protection, she sets off to spend several months with her cousin, Elizabeth, who is pregnant with a miracle baby of her own. A few verses earlier, we learn of Zechariah's response to God's promise of a child to Elizabeth. And unlike Mary, Zechariah doubts God's promise. And as a result, he's made mute. He's made mute for the entirety of Elizabeth's pregnancy. This speaks volumes about faith. Zechariah was an educated priest who knew well the history of God opening barren wombs a prominent religious figure in his town. He's one whom we'd expect to believe God when God speaks. That would make sense. And yet Zechariah is the one who doubts and becomes mute. His muteness is not merely punishment for him, but it's also an opportunity for him to reflect 
to study God's word, to repent, and to prepare for God's messenger, God's own son. Zechariah, while stilted to the message from God, uses his time of muteness to grow closer to God as well. Meanwhile, a child who is barely of childbearing age believes and sings with joy. You see, Mary was open to the unexpected. Her song is steeped in the unexpected. She begins by talking about herself as the lowly servant from God, from whom God has looked upon with favor. She talks about God's ability to scatter the proud and to bring down the powerful, to send the rich away empty to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry and to give strength to the weak. Mary is talking not only about herself in the song, but the whole people of Israel who have struggled generation after generation against the oppression of foreign nations. She speaks of a God who sees and cares for the marginalized and oppressed, a God who by his might flips the tables to elevate them to a position of honor. God throughout human history has done and continues to do the unexpected. And throughout history, people meet the unexpected actions of God with one of two responses, faith or disbelief. The faith of Mary and the disbelief of Zechariah have much to teach us. We see in these two individuals the ways that Israel has responded to God throughout history. Looking back to the Old Testament, Abraham believed God that God would make of him a great nation, that God would provide him an heir when he was old and Sarah barren. Mary even references this in her song. She talks about the covenant that God makes with Abraham. It is a promise of land, of home, the promise of progeny, and the promise that God will always be with them. Emmanuel. The people of Israel did not believe God could deliver them to the promised land, and so were forced to wander in the wilderness for an additional 40 years during Moses' time. David believes as a young boy that God will deliver Goliath into his hands. The army of Israel and Philistia scoff. Today, I'm wondering how we see God doing the unexpected. God did not stop working 2,000 years ago, but is working still. Martin Luther believed that the Reformation was possible and necessary, and God worked through him in unexpected ways to continue the growth of God's church. Teresa of Calcutta believed that loving children in need was to show the face of God. She believed that God worked through her to bring healing to the hungry and the meek of the world. Martin Luther King Jr. believed in a truly free America. Hearing God's call on his life, he led a movement which has gotten us closer to that goal. Pope Francis makes his life's work advocating for the poor. In fact, he took the name Francis after St. Francis of Assisi of whom he said, he brought to Christianity an idea of poverty against the luxury, pride, vanity of the civil and ecclesiastical powers of the time. He changed history. 
In each of these people and situations, God does the unexpected. And those who believe that this unexpected can happen respond in joy. You see, joy is one of the fruits of faith. Joy is the fruit of believing the unbelievable by believing that God will do the unexpected. Joy is something greater than happiness, though happiness comes with joy. But joy is deeper. It goes into our souls, penetrates us in ways that are sometimes hard to describe. But we know it when we feel it. The joy of Mary as she sings God's praise, echoing the history of Israel, bears witness to her deep faith that God will act and does act in unexpected ways for those who are oppressed and marginalized especially those who are oppressed and marginalized. God lifts up the lowly. The small town of Nazareth is the last place that Israel expected to find a great leader, let alone the Messiah. And yet it is to this small backwater town that God comes and makes God's home among humans. Where have you seen God? Where have you heard God speaking the unexpected into your lives? God is continually concerned with the lowly. So as we look for God in this Advent season, maybe we need to look in the places where the lowly dwell. Sometimes we feel uncomfortable in those spaces. It's hard to be confronted with our plenty juxtaposed against another's lack. But those backwater places, those places where we would think God would not dare enter, are the very places where we will find God most present. God came into a world in need, to a people in need, body, mind, and soul. It is in those humble places of the world where we often find God, those unexpected places. So be open to the unexpected. Be open to encountering Christ, not only within the walls of your home or your church, because God is surely here, but also out in the world. Look for God in the eyes of the person you might meet on the street. Look for God in the eyes of the new immigrant. Look for God in the person struggling with addiction. Look for God among the mentally ill. Look for God among the elderly. Look for God where you least expect to find God and be ready. Be ready to see God there. As we prepare to celebrate the birth of Jesus, think about Mary and about Zechariah. How might you receive the unexpected news that God is still working in the backwater towns of this world? How will you respond to God in those instances of unbelievable joy? It's my prayer that each of us might experience anew the joy of Mary, the joy of a young mother-to-be whom God has chosen to bear God's own son and bring salvation to the world. It's my prayer that each of us will not hold that joy to ourselves, but that we will join in Mary's song as we welcome the Christ child to the manger and eagerly await his return. Friends, this Advent season is not only about the child who once came, but about the risen Christ who will one day return. It is this season where we look for where God is still at work in the world around us. 
It is where we look for God in the unexpected. As we prepare to celebrate Christ's birth, let us magnify God as Mary magnifies God. Let us praise God for the way God cares for those in need and flips the tables in unexpected ways. May we not be mute Zechariahs who doubt God's ability to break into this hurting world. Instead, let us sing or shout or dance with joy at God's inbreaking. May our souls magnify the Lord, and may we bring God honor and glory. May we have eyes to see God working still in those unexpected places. And when we see, may we lift our praise to God for these most unexpected of gifts. Amen and amen. Friends, we come to the time in our service where we offer our prayers for our community and our world. So let us go and approach that God. Let us pray. God who restores, you have done great things for us and we rejoice. So often you have filled us with laughter, even turning tears of sadness into shouts of joy. You sent prophets who point the way to justice and show the way to you. We thank you for sending good news to us and repairing so much that we have devastated. In this season of light, we lift up in prayer so many who wait in darkness, people oppressed by poverty and discrimination, by political upheaval or dangerous rulers, people imprisoned wrongly and also those imprisoned justly. Write what is wrong among us, and in us restore us to you, to others, to ourselves. Make the brokenhearted whole again. Comfort those who mourn. Repair our ruined cities. In all the jostling and jingling of these days, do not let us lose sight of you or those whom you especially came to serve. People are in need of healing people who are overlooked or undeserved, the ones who are lost, the ones who have made to feel, who have been made to feel little and least. Light of the world, live among us always, full of grace and truth. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Friends, I have a few announcements to share with you today. A reminder that we have virtual coffee hour this morning. Adult education offerings, our Christmas Eve services coming up and opportunities to give online at portstreet.org give. Also December 27th, the Presbytery of Detroit will hold a virtual worship service. Uh, and we will not be worshiping within our doors that day. So we encourage you to join the Presbytery of Detroit as our whole community gathers around in that service. And now friends, may the God of peace call forth your complete dedication. May the light of Christ shine upon you and the Holy Spirit fill you completely now and forevermore. Amen.